What is up, Anchor Fam? Happy Monday. It's Sean here with Gadget Reason Radio, and today is Monday, August 7th. And I'll be back later this afternoon with the tech download for the day. But uh, I wanted to start off with a follow-up to some stuff I was talking about in a previous show. Um, A little bit about uh, the fact that I was interested in cutting the cord with my cable company. Well, I finally did it about 10 days ago, and I wanted to give you guys a thorough sort of review and an update on what that process was like and hopefully help some of you guys out that are on the fence make that decision to cut the cord with your cable or satellite provider or just give you a good idea of what you might be, uh, what you might experience if you decide to do that. So um, I went ahead and uh, cut my ties with my cable company about 10 days ago, and I immediately signed up for the free trial of all of the all of the main streaming TV service replacements that I was considering. And so this is gonna be a breakdown of all of my experiences and the sort of pros and cons of all of them because basically there really is no perfect one-to-one cable TV replacement. You kind of have to weigh out what you're currently paying, what you're looking to save, uh, what content you really can't live without, which for me was live sports. And you know that'll help you sort of decide which package or if there is a package out there um, from a streaming service provider that could replace or that could do its best job to replace your cable service. So um, I will go ahead and put a caveat out there, a few things that are important to note. Um, number one, I am currently on a 300 megabit per second down 20 up internet connection from Spectrum. And so um, I am going to be looking to lower that. I don't think I need to be on anywhere near 300. I don't think it's realistic that um, you really use those speeds in most cases. So I think I'm gonna lower it down to the 100 megabyte uh, for reasons I'll explain in a little bit here. But also um, it's worth mentioning that I did not test out for the purposes of this review or for my own purposes, um, Hulu TV or DirecTV Now. DirecTV Now is just entirely too expensive and that's for obvious reasons. I think DirecTV is you know, definitely concerned about cannibalizing the sales of their satellite TV offerings. So um, they're not going to make it so cheap that people want to jump ship from satellite. And Hulu TV has too many holes in terms of live sports deals. They didn't really work out enough deals with the networks and with the um, sports leagues to get good content for sporting, at least not for my needs. So um, those two are excluded. So if you're interested in hearing about Hulu TV or DirecTV Now, let me know and I can certainly do a trial of those and and give you guys my thoughts, but um, I excluded them for the purposes of this review. So let's go ahead and get started with, um, I'm gonna start with YouTube TV because that was one of the ones I was most excited about. So let's start there. So YouTube TV just became available here in the Dallas Fort Worth area where I live and you know I really was interested in YouTube TV from the moment that I heard about it because just because of Google I'm a huge Google fan in general but because of the power that Google possesses I just figured that they would be able to work out some good deals and kind of leveraging a lot of their their advertising know-how I thought that they might be able to put together some type of offering that would allow them to get access to I guess maybe the best channel lineup or um, whatever and I also figured with all of their you know, sort of, I guess, web-based know-how when it comes to streaming video, that they would um, that they would probably have a really good image quality and, and, and a stable, reliable, consistent service. So, you know, I really, really wanted to love YouTube TV. Um, you know, I, I can't stress that enough. I was excited about it. Uh, I was interested in trying it out. I was glad that it came available to me right about the time I was looking at starting this process. Um, and, you know, the pricing and features seemed really great. 
However, they do have some pretty glaring holes in their channel lineup, and some of those were really just kind of the deal breakers for me. Um, but I definitely could still recommend YouTube TV to to anybody who's not interested in those in those channels or those specific um, types of content. So, but here's here's the gist of my reasons why I would recommend YouTube TV. The image quality was fantastic. Um, that's kind of a one of the obviously one of the most important things to most people is how's the image quality gonna look if you're taking um, a different route than traditional cable or satellite you know the, the first thing you're gonna probably notice is if the image quality is really bad compared to what you're used to and I can honestly say that YouTube TV was a very stable clear image never had any um, any sort of uh, down sampling of quality due to like any kind of bandwidth problems or anything like that and um, you know, all, overall, my experience with the quality was great. The interface was really, really nice. It had a, a good overall smooth, snappy feel to it. And there was a, a couple of different viewing options in terms of like favorites or channel lineup or viewing what's live. Um, your DVR sort of interface where it just shows you all your recorded shows. Really cool. Um, ESPN Networks and NBC Sports Network, Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2 were all included. in, And it's all just in one simple base package. Um, which is really nice and really easy to understand. It's nothing confusing about it. They offer one plan, one price, one uh, sort of stable of channels. Um, the uh, the cloud DVR um, was a really nice feature to have, and it's it's nice that it's included in there for you know for free. And uh, the channel lineup and the price were all just really solid. And you know I really liked the fact that. Um, again, that there was just a simple, easy way to sign up. You just sign up, there's one price to pay, you get what you get, and that's all there is to it. The downside to that though, of course, and some of the reasons why I would not recommend YouTube TV is if you're a diehard sports fan and you're looking for a good selection of channels for all the different uh, major major league sports here in the US, there's no NFL Red Zone available. They didn't strike a deal with the NFL for that or for NFL Network. So that's a pretty big glaring hole. I mean, if you're used to watching Thursday Night Football on NFL Network or if you're, if you're like me and you spend most of your Sunday with just NFL Red Zone on so you can just jump around all the games, um, that's not going to be an option here. Um, it's not available in most cities really right now. It's, it's really only available currently in a handful of cities. So that's obviously a big reason to not recommend it because there's a very good chance you might not be able to get it anyway. Um, and it's missing some other major channels too, like TNT and TBS. So that leaves out a big hole in the NBA lineup during the during the regular season, as well as uh, some of March Madness. Cartoon Network, Comedy Central, CNN even, um, Animal, Planet, Nickelodeon, and Discovery Channel are all missing as well. So, um, you know, some of those may not be too big of an issue for some people, but it's, it's definitely worth mentioning that they are missing. Um, so that's my overall impressions on YouTube TV. It was a really great service. It's off to a good start. I think that if they can get more channel lineups or if they can strike a deal with the NFL for things like Red Zone and NFL Network to keep sports fans happy, I would consider going back to YouTube TV in a few months or maybe next year and giving it a second look if they make some of those changes. Okay, so next up is Sling TV. Now, Sling TV was initially the the service that I thought I was going to be most likely to end up with. And once again, that's that comes down to just sports. So, you know, I had really high hopes for Sling TV because they had a great lineup of channels, especially if you get the orange and blue combo, which is basically their their channel packages are broken down into an orange 
um, listing, which gives you a certain grouping of channels, and then a blue package, which gives you some additional channels. But there's a lot of overlap between the orange and the blue. But in most cases, you're probably going to want to get both because it gives you it gives you both. Um, channel lineups and the ability to stream multiple streams at once. Um, but for $5, you can add on a sports pack that gives you NFL Red Zone and NFL Network. Um, so that was obviously something that I was going to be doing, which basically put me in that same price point that I was that I was trying to stay around, which was about $50 to $55 a month total all in. And, you know, so that was kind of, you know, Sling TV seemed to be like the, the perfect fit for me. However, uh, a lot of inconsistency around quality and reliability um, and, and combined with interface problems kind of spoiled what could have been a really good experience for Sling TV. Um, another issue I had was that their, their a la carte TV model sounds great and sounds like exactly what we've all been, been asking for from cable companies. Unfortunately, they have a very confusing breakdown uh, and, a, and a large number of add-on packages that need to be thrown in to get really kind of like that full lineup. And there's so many different add-on packages and each one of them only has two or three channels that you would really want the rest of them are kind of junk channels and so you end up you would end up having to get four or five different quote-unquote add-on packages just to get an additional five or six channels that you really that you were really looking for and i think that's unfortunate um but with all that being said the reasons for um sling tv so they have a good sports lineup. Um, you know, they have a sports add-on pack, like I mentioned, that gives you NBA TV, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, uh, BN Sports, if you're into the overseas uh, European football, soccer, um, which which I enjoy. So um, so the sports pack was a good was a good five dollar add-on for me. The pricing is reasonable, um, but again, the add-ons can add up. So depending on how much you rely on some of those um, individual channels that might be buried within some of these add-on packs, it could get potentially fairly expensive. Um, it's available everywhere, and so it's available everywhere on every device. I mean, any any device you can think of, Roku, Xbox, PlayStation, you know, Chromecast, you can stream through just about anything um, to get your Sling TV subscription. So that's nice. And it was easy to sign up for and the setup process, I didn't have to talk to a, a person at all. I did the sign up all online, you know, by myself. Um, I did all of the, um, the selection of my packages and channels and all that stuff, set up my credit card billing, and then downloaded the app on all the devices that I, was, that I could or that I wanted to use it on. Real seamless stuff, real easy. Now, the reasons that I would not recommend the Sling service is the interface is confusing. The orange and blue packages overlap quite a bit and there's no traditional guide view. So there's no there's no like, here's what's on now from this time slot to this time slot. Um, and switching between all the different views to try and find all the stuff you wanna watch is not the best user interface I've ever seen. Now, the quality varies drastically by, by channel so and, and by device. So there's a known major issue with any Chromecast branded device and streaming. So that includes my Vizio M70D3 TV, which basically relies on Chromecast for all of its smart TV functionality. Basically, you use this. Uh, my, my TV has a uh, basically a small tablet that is the remote, and all of the smart apps are on that tablet. And then you Chromecast to the television. And a lot of televisions in general have Chromecast embedded in them for 
their streaming services. And so if you have any association with Chromecast whatsoever, steer clear of Sling TV. It's, it's a known issue. It's very, very bad. And this would happen probably, you know, every 30 seconds to two to three minutes during any anything I tried to watch. Uh, and so I looked it up and it is a known issue specifically with Chromecast. And when I tested it out with my Apple TV, as well as using the Sling TV app on my Xbox or my PlayStation 4, it, it was gone. I mean, it worked, it worked much, much better. However, for me personally, I didn't want to have to turn on my Xbox or my PlayStation 4 every time I wanted to watch TV. And I really was looking for a way to stream directly from my TV's um, smart apps sort of interface and, and just being able to use my TV's um, smart remote and not have to use um, another box to turn on just to watch live television. And when I talk about a quality drop, I'm not talking about a minor reduction in quality. I'm talking about, think about if you were to watch a YouTube video at 240p, the lowest possible setting, and then try to blow that up to you know your 70 inch or your 65 inch TV. It looks absolutely awful. And then lastly, just you know, a lot of users on the forums, when I was looking into these quality drops and these issues with the quality, a lot of current users of Sling are complaining that it seems to happen more for high demand events. So I'm assuming like live sports, like the NBA finals, they said this year was, was kind of a mess. Um, and that's not something I'm really willing to deal, deal with. If I, if I have to go that route, um, that's not gonna be a good experience and I probably would just have stuck with regular cable if, if that was the only option. So, so that's my thoughts on Sling TV. So finally, we have PlayStation View. So PlayStation's offering to the streaming TV service industry is pretty pretty solid. Um, the competitive pricing, the channel lineups, um, paired with a lot of good offerings for sports fans, is pretty pretty tough to ignore. And um, I was I was pretty intrigued by the la the lineups that I was looking at. Now the interface is also pretty slick and snappy, which is something I'm actually was pretty surprised about. I wasn't expecting Sony's interface to be one of the better options out there, but the favorites view, the channel views, um, the traditional guide view that they implemented were all really, really well done and, and pretty fast, pretty smooth, never had too much lag or, or any issues finding what I wanted to watch. Um, the built-in DVR and multi-stream services that are included at no charge is also a really nice touch. Um, so I appreciated that as well. So let's get into the reasons for the PlayStation View. So number one, great options for sports fans. If you're into sports at all, definitely take a look at the PlayStation View offerings. Um, it's a good offering of channels for just about every major sport. The fact that they did work a deal with NFL for NFL Red Zone and NFL Network is huge. Um, I typically spend most, uh, here's what I found. When I had DirecTV and I actually had NFL Sunday Ticket, I found that because it's so difficult to watch you know, six different games at one time and, and constantly flip between channels, you end up missing more than if you just watched one game. So one of the things that I found was I was always just watching NFL Red Zone all day anyway. And so there was a point where my last year with DirecTV, I actually convinced them to give me the $5 add-on for just NFL Red Zone rather than having to buy the NFL Sunday ticket, which is something that's not included. They don't offer Red Zone separately. So definitely Red Zone was, was a, a huge thing that I wanted. The interface, like I said, really slick. Uh, several viewing options. You can switch between sort of a all channels view, your favorite channels, uh, pre-recorded shows, on demand, um, and they all work and they all make sense. I think it's easy for anybody to figure out. The traditional guide view was probably the nicest touch because when you're a cord cutter and you're just coming from cable or satellite, it, it kind of eases that transition knowing that you have a traditional sort of user interface that you're used to. You just hit a button and it kind of pulls up um, all the different time slots and all the different channels and you can see what's airing right now and go right to that, right to that station. 
Um, the quality for PlayStation View was outstanding on all devices, not just on the PlayStation or whatever. I actually did most of my testing uh, using my smart TV's uh, smart Chromecast app, basically using either my iPhone or the Android remote that came with my TV to pull up the PS View app and then just Chromecast it directly to my TV. And the quality was fantastic. No hiccups, no downgrades in quality. I watched numerous uh, sports broadcasts as well as uh, live and on-demand content. Never had any issues with the quality at all. So I was super excited about that. The cloud DVR worked great. So it's a cloud-based DVR, so you can record from basically any device and then it's stored in the cloud and you can watch that content on any device from basically anywhere. So that's really nice. Um, the competitive price plans were pretty solid. One of the things that I really appreciated was they didn't bury a lot of the channels that you absolutely would want into just the high tier price plan. If you basically choose the core price plan on PlayStation View, you're going to have just about everything that you could possibly want. And for the additional $10 that you pay to get NFL Red Zone, I'm $55 uh, a month all in with everything that I wanted, all the channels that I needed, all the channels that I wanted, and basically all the features that I wanted. So um, definitely can't complain about the price options from PlayStation View. And um, lastly, it's available on just about every platform. So Sony did a good job of making sure that it wasn't something you could only use if you were a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation, you know, a member of the PlayStation family. If you have, you know, an Android device, an iOS device, you can use it with Chromecast. You can use it with, uh, I believe it's on Roku. You can get it um, on Apple TV. There's an actual PlayStation View app. So they did, a good, they did a good job of making sure that, you know, PlayStation View was accessible and available to just about everybody that wanted it. Now, for the reasons against the PlayStation View, some people have had some issues with the mobile app. Now, I'm using it on iOS and on Android, so I've, I've tested it on both, and I didn't have any issues. Now, I don't know if that's because maybe they fixed some of the problems that existed with the the Android app before, but for right now, in, in my personal experience, I didn't have any problems. But keep in mind that some people did complain um, about glitchiness or freezing or issues with the app. Um, so, I, like I said, I didn't have any problems. Um, a couple of other things, it's obviously still missing some channels. You know, again, like I said earlier, no package is perfect. There are there are just no streaming services right now that are gonna be a perfect one-to-one -one replacement for cable. And that has to do a lot with the fact that cable companies don't want that to be the case um, for obvious reasons. So they're making it difficult for streaming service providers to work out good deals that are cost effective for them and still being able to offer you a good a good savings uh, on what you'd be paying for cable now loading up from a cold start meaning you know you have the app is completely shut down on your your ios device or your android device or or even on the apple tv and then going from a cold start all the way to watching a, a channel can be a tad slow um, i think it just depends on you know, maybe where where your device is in that process of, of sort of shutting it down or putting it in that suspended state. It was definitely a little bit slower on my Apple TV from time to time. And I noticed that it would log me out where I'd have to log back in. So I don't know if that's a common problem, but it really is not that big of a deal, but definitely worth mentioning. Um, also the multi-stream delay issue. Now the PlayStation View service has a known issue where you can only stream from three devices simultaneously on PlayStation View. If you want to stream on an additional device beyond three, you have to end the streaming on one of the other devices. Now that's fine because I really can't imagine there'd be a time where I need to stream on more than three devices. However, the delay between ending a stream on a device and the service recognizing that you've ended streaming uh, is up to several hours. 
yeah, not 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 minutes, not uh, not seconds, hours. Um, at one point when I was setting up the streaming for all my devices, and I was unaware of this, I actually got to a point where I could not do anything on any of my devices except the first one that I had set up, which was my uh, Android device for my television because it thought that all my devices were currently streaming like at the same time. And I had to wait almost two and a half hours before it finally recognized that my Apple TV was not in use anymore and was not streaming. And the same thing for my iOS device and my PlayStation 4. So that was um, that was really annoying. And, um, and I, I hope that that's something that they can fix because I could see a scenario where possibly you had two people in your household streaming something and maybe you know you had another another device that was left on from maybe earlier in the day and then you leave and you want to use your phone to stream something and you can't because it's saying that you're you're using too many devices so that was a little bit of a hiccup that i ran into that was kind of annoying but that's pretty much it for the playstation view service all, all in all really really solid option Okay, so here's a summary of everything that I was able to figure out with testing out these various services. For my money and for the certain requirements that I had for live sports and certain channels that I really wanted to have and for the amount of money that I was trying to save, PlayStation View was the winner for me. So, you know, that's just my my opinion for my specific situation with my savings goals that I had in mind and you know the sports needs that I had. So that doesn't mean that PS View is the best option for everybody, but I think the the things that I've described in this review and this breakdown should give you the tools to kind of figure out which one would be the best view for you. Now, my recommendation for how to go about figuring out what service to, to end up with is the following. Number one, you have to figure out what you're currently paying for your cable and internet combo bundle setup. And then you have to call your cable provider of choice, whoever it is that you currently use, and you need to figure out what it's going to cost you just to have internet. Don't make the assumption that you can just remove whatever portion of your bill your cable is taking up and assume that that's gonna be your new bill because typically cable providers, uh, they, they basically position it so that your cable bill is gonna be a lot more expensive than what it shows on your bundle pricing. So if, you live, if you're lucky enough to live in an area where you can have multiple different service providers for internet, you probably just shop around until you find the best deal for a decent speed internet. Now for me, unfortunately, um, like I said, you know, Spectrum has a, a monopoly in this area where I don't have a choice, which means I'm stuck paying for their internet or having no internet at all. So my broadband connection from Spectrum is costing me $109, but I think I'm gonna be able to reduce that and lower it down to 100 megabyte per second speed and get probably somewhere around $60 a month, which is still kind of outrageous, I think, but you know that's just something that you'll have to consider when you're looking at these different options. So aside from the cost savings, the other thing you're gonna have to consider is you know exactly what content you need and can't live without. Now, if you're a big diehard sports fan, obviously I've given you a lot of information you can use here. PS View is probably the recommendation I would make to anybody who's looking to, you know, to get a good amount of sports and that's kind of the main focus of their um, you know, of their, of their TV experience. And, you know, that, but again, you know, you might find something that works better for you, but I think PSVU is the best value. And if you have other options or other things that are more important to you than sports, then you might be more interested in something like Sling TV because overall, um, Sling TV and YouTube TV were, were, were pretty solid experiences as well. Um, the biggest issue with Sling TV, again, is if you're using any type of Chromecast as your primary device, that's definitely something to keep in mind that the experience is not very good. Now, 
now, if, if you're looking for uh, just a very simple, just an easy package to set up that's gonna be super cost effective, then YouTube TV really can't be beat. The quality's great, the interface is great, and the pricing is awesome. So you're definitely gonna be saving money with something like YouTube TV. So that's my basic roundup of the current crop of TV streaming services and what I found works best for me. Now, I will be revisiting probably YouTube TV in a few months and keeping an eye out to see if any um, changes are made to the offerings they have, especially with the sports lineups. And I may go back and look at Sling TV as well to see if they've resolved their issues with Chromecast. But for now, I'm pretty happy with PlayStation View. I'm also saving about $30 a month currently from what I was paying with my bundle with Spectrum, but I think I can save an additional probably $40 to $50 by lowering my internet down a tier because I don't think I need the 300 megabit per second um, plan that I'm on now. But it's also worth mentioning that I'm gaining quite a bit as well because with uh, Spectrum, I had one cable box in my living room and that's it. Um, now I obviously have the ability to watch TV anywhere I want. Um, I have my full, full access to my full subscription of channels basically anywhere I want to watch them. So, um, so yep, that's my review of the current state of TV streaming services. If you guys have any questions, comments, anything at all to add, just leave me a call in, leave some comments in the Anchor app, or if you're listening to this via the podcast, find me on social media at Gadget Reason. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram and leave me some comments about what you think about streaming TV services and if this review helped you at all. That's it for this episode. I will talk to you guys later with the tech download. 